Blog Talk Radio. Blog Talk Radio. 31 questions for the Mukmanoon. Have you ever cried as of sins you have committed? Inshallah. Does Shaitan ever make you feel like the past can't be repentant? Yes. Do you really love Allah or just words that you utter? Do you feel like your innocence has been drained by the gutter? Yes. Can you love sooner and still love to backbite? No. How many days you woke up Muslim and Kafir by night? Allahu Akbar. If you was on trial for being Mukmin, would they have enough evidence to convict you? If you die right now, how long would it take for the Ummah to forget you? Allahu Akbar. Can you answer the questions in the grave, or do you have to study for that test? Allah, I hope so. And what will be the words you utter at the moment of your last breath? What are you prepared to sacrifice for the sunnah? Did you ever take part in spreading the vicious rumor? If so, how far did it go? How many people really know? On the day of judgment, how many mukmans you gonna host? Why are you the last to Juma and the first to leave? Is that an indication of how much you really believe? Why do you say things out of your mouth that's not in your heart? Don't you know mukmans live in the light and kufars live in the dark? How can a month go by and you miss every salat? Where is your desire? Ah, you show for the fire. Muslims and Muslims, feel the Lord from a hopeful dreamer. It's either heaven or hell. Mock B or the Dajel. Allah or Shaitan. Fly girl novels or ayahs of the Holy Quran. Standing on street corners at the end of the block or at the masjid making salat. You can either listen or turn your head. Because this earth is a paradise for the grateful dead. A'udhu billahi minash shaitanir rajeem. Bismillahir rahmanir rahim. Inna lil muttaqina mafaza. Hadaika wa a'naba. وكوائب أترابا وكأسا دحاقا لا يسمعون فيها لغوا ولا كذابا جزاء من ربك عطاء حسابا رب السماوات والأرض وما بينهما الرحمن لا يملكون منه قطابا السلام عليكم وعليكم السلام Brother, you heard the Dean of Adunia show? Dean of Adunia, that sounds familiar. Wait, hold on, let me think. Dean of Adunia, Dean of Adunia, yeah. Dean of Adunia show. Y'all heard about that joint? My man hosts that joint. Safe or hot? MashaAllah, MashaAllah. So you like the joint? I love it. What's your name? Noah. And what they listening to? 
Dean over Dunya. Slow they come. Mike was the name. Dean over Dunya. 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 Dean I am Sister Aisha, and this is the Dean over Dunya show. Assalamu alaikum. Rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. I'm your host, Saifu Haq. And you're listening to the number one Islamic radio show in America, Alhamdulillah. We back. Before we begin, like always, we want to give praise to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and we want to send salawat upon his nabi, the Prophet Muhammad ibn Abdullah. And alhamdulillah, nasta'inuhu wa nasta'firuhu, wa na'udhu billahi min shurubin fusana, wa min sari'a li ma'lana, min yadihi lahu fula mudirra, wa min yukla fula hadiyala, before I begin, I'd like to say all praise belong to Allah. We seek His aid. We seek His guidance. We seek His help. We seek refuge in Allah from Shaitan and His minions. And we seek refuge in Allah from the footprints of Shaitan that will lead us to hell for Allah. And we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to forgive us for our sins, our faults, and our errors. And whoever Allah guides, none can lead astray. And whoever Allah leads astray, none can guide. And I bear witness without any hesitation, any compulsion, that there's no God but Allah. Ashhadu anna Muhammad Rasulullah. And I bear witness that the Prophet Muhammad ibn Abdullah, sallallahu alaihi wasallam, is his last prophet and messenger. Ashhadu anna Muhammad Rasulullah. And my bet. As what follows. Tonight's show is called the inspiration for the Dean of Dunya movie. And alhamdulillah, the movie will be released in theater, uh, the Pearl Theater, on um, 1600 North Broad Street on March the 10th at 7 p.m. Inshallah, we're trying to give it, get it in other theaters now. And it will also be released on Amazon Instant Video and, and iTunes as well, inshallah. But tonight's show is about the inspiration of the video and tonight's show is about a few comments that um, some Muslims made regarding supporting the movie, inshallah. And as usual, inshallah, we want to talk about the Dean of Islam. But alhamdulillah, the movie is definitely going to be out in the theaters. It's been a long time, alhamdulillah. That's what tonight's show is about tonight, inshallah. The first thing that I want to say is that when it comes to the religion of our Islam, when it comes to this way of life, right? When it comes to this brotherhood of our Islam, when it comes to all of this, we have to understand that this religion is a privilege, okay? That Allah has chosen us to be Muslim, chosen you to be Muslim. So therefore, you should be thankful for the of Islam the law of Allah has chosen you to be amongst the many that will enter paradise on the day of judgment. Because if you don't recognize the religion of Islam and the Mecca, then this show is not for you. Then you're one of the people that's out in the world causing facade and corruption, and you believe that you can do whatever you want to do on this earth. You can say whatever you want to say on this earth without no consequences. This is what you believe. And you have to put the time out to learn your religion because you don't appreciate it. 
You haven't took the time out to learn about the dean of Islam. You haven't took the time out to learn how to pray because you don't appreciate it. So therefore you're stagnated in your way of life. And the only then when you appreciate the favor, the nitma of Islam, is when you're going to excel as a Muslim. This is what I want everybody to understand. If you've been Muslim for years, if you've been Muslim for a very long time, and you've been Muslim for all of this time, and you don't know how to pray, you you don't know the Fatiha. It's because you take Islam as a as a as a joke. You're playing games. You're not real serious about this dean of our Islam. There's no excuse. When I was in high school, at the age of uh, 15 to 17, I didn't learn a lot because I took high school as a joke. I didn't go to school. I was playing games. I didn't think it was serious in life. I had other priorities that I wanted. I was young and dumb. But as I got older and I became a Muslim, I realized the importance of knowledge. As I became a Muslim, I learned a lot of things that I didn't learn as a Christian. I learned the Bible. I learned different passages in the Bible, not because I believed in it, because I wanted my brain had a thirst for knowledge. I wanted to talk to Christians about Christianity. Therefore, I had to learn about the religion in order to communicate with them intelligently, very serious. This is what we have to understand. That if you're Muslim and you're not about this way of life, this thing, you're not about this. This is not a life that you want to live, then the dean over doing your movie is not for you. Well, all y'all being. That's the honest to God truth. If you're a Muslim and you want to sell drugs and you want to rob Muslims, you want to shoot people, then the dean over doing, you're not going to like that movie. You're not going to agree with the methodology of the movie because you, you don't take the religion serious anyway. You know, you don't take the, the religion serious anyway. You have Muslims that say that the Iman can't ban Muslims from the masjid. You know why they say that? Because they don't know the religion of Islam. They don't know the religion. If I was the Iman, say Fuhak, if Allah subhanahu gave me the ability to be the Iman and to enforce my will, it would be a very different situation in my marriage. That's just me. And I would have the people of knowledge around me to correct any errors that I would do. That's because when it comes to the marriage, you can't come to the marriage and do certain things. You can't be a certain individual and come to the masjid. Like, for example, if you are open homosexual, you just gay. You are transvestite. You are not coming to the masjid. You can't. You're not welcome here. Because you can't be on the side with the men because your weakness is looking at men's butts. So you can't be with the men, and you definitely can't be with the sisters. So you can't come here. There's not a place for you in this building. You don't like it, so what? Who cares? You're a homo. Who cares if you don't like it or not? That's, 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 the, that's the, the, the problem that we have in America, that people care about what people think. They care about what people say. They try to be sympathetic to people who are going to the hellfire. 
the reality to it is that when I made that scene in the in the, in the Dino Vadunia movie, that Muslims are banned from the match, there's a reason behind it. There's a reason behind it. As a Muslim living in America, all of us are obligated to command the right and forbid the wrong. All of us. And if we don't, then the punishment of the laws will come on us, as well as the people who are committing the crime. Simple as that. This is what we have to understand. And if we don't want to understand that, then you're going to be caught up in the rapture and the, and the, and the punishment of the law when it comes. That's just the reality to it. There's no, there's no, no, uh, no, uh, no place for homosexuals on the day of judgment. You, you got homosexuals walking around, right, saying that gay people are going to be allowed to go to paradise. They can just come here and chill in paradise. How? <laughs> it's like, what Quran are they reading? What hadith are they reading? Let me tell you what happened to, to people who sell drugs on the day of judgment. Right? There's a hadith that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is telling the Prophet Muhammad. Right? Now, the hadith is not Quran. But it's a kutfi hadith, meaning that Allah told the Prophet, but the Prophet can tell us what Allah said to him in his own words. Like Allah probably said to him in a dream, in a vision, or in a wakeful state. Allah said it directly to the Prophet, but the Prophet is relaying it to us. So it's not Quran. It's not revelation, for he has to recite it verbatim. It's something that Allah revealed to the Prophet, and the Prophet is able to tell us in his own words. It's called kutfi hadith. Look it up. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he says that, he says, the son of Adam raises his hand for dua. Because I need every Muslim who sells drugs to take real close to this. Real pay, real pay, pay attention to this, please. When the son of Adam raises his hand to dua, right, and he asks me for different things. He said, but his food is haram. His money is haram. And the very clothing that he have on his back is haram. He have blocked all the avenues off for Allah to answer his dua. How can I answer his dua when he is nothing but haram? And the law is good and he only accepts what is good. According to the ulama in this hadith, if you eat haram food, if you go to big McDonald's, walk in McDonald's, you order a Big Mac and you take a bite. Your salat and your 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 your, 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 your dua is invalid for forty days straight. If you smoke weed, your salat is invalid. If you don't believe what I'm saying, the Messenger of Allah, Sallallahu said that when a Muslim take a bottle of alcohol. And you put it to your lips and you drink it. He says, your iman leaves your body. You're not a believer anymore. If you die in that state, you die the death of a disbeliever. When you saw you drink the alcohol, your iman gone. It's left. It left your body. It's not in you no more. It's gone. So if a Muslim don't care about being a Muslim, they don't care about the day of judgment, then they're going to drink every day. 
So he says that your clothes is haram. Meaning that everything that that drug dealer sells to the community is nothing but fuel for the hellfire. He got a nice car. That car could be in hell as fuel. Like charcoal, when you cook a barbecue and you got a bag of charcoal, that car is fuel for the fire. Those clothes is fuel for the fire. The food that he brought is fuel for the fire. All of that. This is not a game. It's it's unbelievable that you have Muslims walking around that believe that you can be a Muslim and a drug dealer simultaneously. I believe, I trust me, I know them personally. I've seen a Muslim tell me in the month of Ramadan, I'm not going to sell my crack cocaine during the daylight hours. I'm going to sell it at night. This is a clear individual who do not believe in the loss of penalty on the day of judgment. Clearly. You think Allah is going to say, oh, mashallah, brother Abdul, you know, he didn't sell the crack during the daylight hours, but at nighttime, you know what I mean, mashallah, you know what I mean, he got to feed his family. He got to feed his family. You think Allah will be understanding to that? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make necessities in particular incidents. Like in the Quran, if you're about to die and pork is the only thing that you can eat, then eat it. Allah is making an excuse for you, but he didn't say throw a barbecue and eat pork for a week straight. That's not suffice. That's not going to help you on the day of judgment. If that pork chop is the only thing that's going to save your life, eat it. And there's no sin on you. But you can't eat a whole pork, have a whole barbecue for a whole month straight and say this is not a necessity. No. I'm a person who's very understanding. Believe me, I am. If a person sold drugs for a week in order to get a transpass, it is still wrong. But I can say, mashallah, I understand. You're trying to get a pants trans to go look for a job, mashallah. I can understand. But you cannot have a whole career in selling drugs. A whole career. But it's not just one person. It's whole neighborhoods. The whole neighborhood. But everybody feel like this is fine, this is okay, this is Islam, this is Muslims. Sisters marrying drug dealers. He brought the diary that she wanted with the drug money. None of this is permissible. None of this is halal. But until you recognize what is good, you won't know what good is. The message of Allah, so that's what I'm saying in the hadith. He says, how would it be in the last days when the person who is a truthful person will be seen as a liar? And a liar will be seen as a truthful person. And right will be wrong, and wrong will be right. Right now, there's nobody in your whole family that feel like drug dealing is wrong. Everybody feels like it's cool. There's nothing wrong with it. It's cool. You can marry a drug dealer. You can be the imam, and you accept drug money. It's all fine and dandy. It's beautiful until you meet a law on the day of judgment. A law says on the day of judgment, you won't move. You won't move from in front of Allah until you ask about four things. Your money and how you earned it. That's very important. You're going to be hungry on the day of judgment like never before except for a Muslim who gave food for the pleasure of Allah. Except for a Muslim who, who, who worked for the pleasure of Allah. You're going to be tired on the day of judgment except for a Muslim who got up and working nine to five for the pleasure of Allah with halal money. You're going to be thirsty like never before except for a Muslim who gave water for the pleasure of Allah. 
See, when you say I love you, Fisi, be the last, that's just lip service. You have to literally carry that out. Literally carry that out. And until we accept that we cannot be upon the hawk. Cannot be upon the hawk and follow the Sullivan and be a kingpin. Well, law he out there, you can't do it. You can't name one Sullivan. Not one. The whole purpose that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala put Adam on, on this earth. If you read the Quran, he says, I will place a caliphal on the earth. This is what I'm, listen very carefully. Allah says to the angels, I want to place a caliphal on the earth. A leader. And the angels say, why would you put someone who would create mischief and cause, and cause a mischief and shed blood? So they exit. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So why are you going to put someone on earth that's going to cause mischief and shed blood? Why? Why are you going to do that? Allah says, I know what you know not. The whole purpose of the Khalifa, if you read in the Quran, Allah says to the Prophet Muhammad about the Sahaba, he said to them, he says, you are the best people raised for mankind. Why did he say that? He said, you are the best people raised for mankind because you believe in the law in the last day and you enjoy the right and forbid the wrong. That's why. Enjoying the right forbid the wrong. So if I'm the imam of the masjid, and I know that the Muslims are causing havoc in the streets of Philadelphia, you got innocent little children dying from gunshots. You have mothers selling their babies' pampers to get crack cocaine. You have Muslims undercover and selling their bodies to smoke crack. We have to do something about that. And the people who's responsible for it, if they are Muslims, then they have to be dealt with. We can't kill them. We can't do anything other than ban them. If you got caught selling crack cocaine in Saudi Arabia, do you know what will happen to you? I need for you to look these things up. If you got caught selling crack in Saudi Arabia, in a Muslim country, do you know what will happen? You will get your head chopped off. If you rob somebody at gunpoint in a Muslim country, you don't even got to shoot them. If you rob them at gunpoint, take their belonging, and you ain't got to kill them, do you know what will happen to you in a Muslim country? You will get your head chopped off. Because according to the Sharia, every human being has the right to be walking around without being scared and in fear for their life. You think it's acceptable because you lost your job, you can just go rob somebody and the law is cool with that? You think that's acceptable? You think Allah is fine when Abdullah had to, you know, he had to feed his family. You think that's cool that you take another man paycheck because you got to feed your family. Someone asked me, you know, what about, uh, like, bisexuals, basically female homosexuals. We read in the Quran, Allah SWT says, if you find two women guilty of lewdness, basically homosexual, then you can find them to their house until they repent to Allah subhanahu to Isla. It is not like in the movie I said that all drug dealers are banned. I said they ban until they repent, meaning that they give up selling drugs and say, I want to be a Muslim. Okay, you're fine. But you can't go in the masjid, make salatu fudge it, and go out and knock off a brick. That's not what I'm talking about. 
It's amazing that Muslims don't have the basic understanding of right and wrong. Even in the Kufar religion, the nation of Islam, they have what you call a detectives at the masjid. That if a, if a non-Muslim comes to the masjid and tells the imam, in the Kufar religion of the nation of Islam, and say that, listen, there's a Muslim in my neighborhood who's causing trouble, or there's a Muslim in my neighborhood selling drugs, or there's a Muslim in my neighborhood doing this. They would send a detective to investigate the matter, right? If he goes to that, that neighborhood and see a Muslim with a bow tie causing trouble, they're going to check him. Check him. That's enjoining the right, forbidding the wrong. People have this attitude of live and let live. It's not live and let live. You're going to get caught up in a punishment when the law comes with the punishment because you want to live and let live. That's the whole purpose of the Dean of Adunia movie, to show Muslims and to show Kufars what Islam it really is. There are Muslims out there, Wallahi, I think my hands to Allah subhanahu right now on this earth. In this city of Philadelphia, there are Muslims who are Muslim that will blow your head off. They don't care if you Muslim. They don't care if you Salafi. They don't care if you Sunni. They will blow your head off and not think twice about it. They don't care about you saying assalamu alaikum. That won't mean nothing to them. No register to them. This is reality. This is what's going on in the streets of Philadelphia. These Muslims right now might be listening to the deal of a duty show that will run up in your house and break your whole family right now. And they know you Muslim. And they don't care nothing about that. So you better open your eyes and realize what's going on out here. Those are not your brothers and those are not your sisters. The message of Allah so that something he gave you the formula for what true brotherhood is. He says, none of you will enter Jannah until you become righteous, but none of you will become righteous until you love one another. And the ingredients to love is the extra spread the greetings. He says, none of you truly believe until you love for your brother what you love for yourself. You can't become a Muslim and say, I love you, Fisibidi Lad, and then rob the Aki. That's not love, Fisibidi Lad. That's a Munaf. That is a Shaitan. Who other than a Shaitan will rob a Muslim? Who other than a Shaitan will put a Muslim in six feet beneath the earth and not think twice about it? Who other than a Shaitan can go to prison for 10 years and commit all, all types of homosexual acts? They come out of prison and act like that's cool. That's fine. I can just be a homosexual and nobody cares. That's not Islam. That's not what we're about. That's not people on the hawk. That's the opposite of the hawk. That's opposite of truth. That's bottle. That's reality. That's reality in the, in the Islamic community in Philadelphia. This is what the Dean of Adunia is made for. So we can see what true Islam is. So we can see what true Islam is. You can't say you truly believe in Allah, subhanahu to Allah, and someone call you for help, and you tell them, you've got Muslim sisters who... Husbands is punching them upside the face, leaving marks on their face, 
They call the magistrate. They go to the magistrate and say, my husband is beating on me. And the imam says, sister, we're going to make dua for you have patience. That is not your brother in Islam. That's not a person who truly believes in the law. That's a weak individual who don't want to get the job done. So when a sister can't get refuge from Muslim brothers who say that they love her, what she do? She called the police. So the community tell her, you need to talk he laugh. Feel law from getting the Kufars involved. What? Are you insane? I advise any sister in America, in the world, that if the Muslim community will help you, call whoever. Call your cousin Pookie. I don't care who he is, Muslim or non-Muslim. Anybody that's going to put hands on that nigga, call him. What's reality? Because if the Muslims can't help you, get somebody that will, because the law will definitely send you help. This is not a game. This is not. This is this is a way of life. And far too long, people have been ignoring what what it really is. They think a law is a game. A law is a joke. Oh, I'm gonna smoke this blunt because the law knows it's in my heart. You high. You have loud in your heart. Of course, the law a law knows in your heart. Oh, brother, I wanna take off my keymore, but only a law can judge me. You will law. You don't want a law to judge you on the day of judgment. You don't want that. You definitely don't want that. You say you do, but when it comes to that time and you're standing before the Lord of the worlds and you got Jehannam on the left and Jehannam on the right and Jehannam in front of you, you want to wish that, I wish I listened to that sister. I wish I put my clothes back on. I wish I didn't put 10,000 selfies on Instagram and Facebook. I wish I didn't do that. I really do. This is what you want to say on the day of judgment. See, right now we all having fun. Right now it's all fun and games. Right now, Shaitan is really getting the best of us with this social media. He took a, a sister who wear a niqab and cover herself, and she's totally uncovered now. He's uncovered. The panel lost. And when we try to enjoy the right and forbid the wrong, I want you to go look on social media that if you see anybody that's going to harm, and you have one person say suffer law, you should try to, you know, try to change the situation or try to take this down. Look how many people that's against them. Look how many people that's against them. Why? Because Shaitan, he don't want people to try to enjoy the right and forbid the wrong. He wants you to go to hellfire. So he's going to surround you with Shaitanic companions. They're not going to knock on your door and say, let's go to make Salatu Fudja. They're going to knock on your door and say, let's go smoke this loud. Let's go smoke this wet. Let's go to the club. Who other than Shaitan would do that? This is the last days in time. And it's very few people in the world actually practicing the religion of Islam. You have about 350,000 Muslims in Philadelphia. 350,000. There's only about maybe 25,000 Muslims on at Juma on Friday. Tomorrow it's going to be Juma. It's going to be about 20 to 25,000 at the Masjid. 
It's 66 matches in Philly. 66. But it's only going it's, it's, it's to be about 25,000 Muslims actually at the match here for Salatul Juma. Now, the women don't have to go. I'm talking about the men. If you go to Sunnah and Abu and Sunnah and Abu maybe you got about maybe 800 people that go there. They got like the most Muslims in all the matches in the city. They got about 800 to 1,000 people. And every other match here in Philadelphia have way less than that. They're averaging about maybe 300. Every match here in the city. Besides Germantown, besides Sunnah and Abu they got about 800 to 1,000 people. So if you got 66 matches and one match is averaging maybe 1,000 and the rest of them is averaging maybe 300, that's not a lot of Muslims at the matches on Juma Friday. Where are the Muslims at? Where are they at? What are they doing? There's a commandment in the Quran, Allah subhanahu wa says, when Juma Friday is proclaimed. Right? That's like Allah is commanding you. Listen to the speech. When Juma Friday is proclaimed, Leave off all business, traffic, and trade. Meaning that there's no more business in that hour. Leave it off. No traffic. Meaning don't move a step. Don't do anything. He says traffic, don't even move from A to B and trade. Converse, leave it all and go to the remembrance of your Lord. Then he says that if you do this, then he will forgive all your sins from this Friday to the last Friday, and it give you three extra days, that Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. All your sins is forgiven from Saturday, Sunday, and Monday, and from that last Friday. That's how important it is because the day of judgment will be on a Friday. But if a Muslim brother don't believe in the day of judgment, he's not going to be at the masjid on, 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 on Juma Friday. He's not going to care about that particular hour because he don't truly believe. They're robbing people, killing people. You think it's a game? You got Muslim brothers putting on overgarments and keymars and robbing banks. They're killing people, running up in, in, in barbershops, shooting people's brains off. You think it's a game? You think it's sweet? It's not. There are people out there who don't care nothing about you. They don't care nothing about this religion. They are hiding in this religion like sheep and wolves. They are wolves in sheep clothing. You invite them to your house. You invite them into your life, and they do nothing but set you up. This is not a game. So therefore, this Muslim, this Islam, this brotherhood has a code of conduct. There's certain things you must adhere to in order to be called a believer. Certain things you must do. Simple as that. Everybody's not your brother. You can't call a person who's the kingpin of the neighborhood or he's a good brother. He's not a good brother. In Islam, according to the Sharia, he should be assassinated. So that's not a good brother. Clarify what good is. Allah is good, and He only accepts what is good. So when you say someone is a good brother or a good sister, you have to attribute that good to Allah's good. Because what, do Allah see them as a good person? Do Allah see her as a good person? You can't say, "Well, the brother just got caught up. That's why he in prison." You know, he shot three people. That's not getting caught up. That's way beyond getting caught up. You can't say he got caught up when the SWAT team had raided his house. That's not getting caught up. That's a kingpin. We have to accept this reality. Allah only forgives those who make Toba, but Toba is the condition. There's three of them, three conditions on Toba. Number one, you have to regret it. Number two, ask Allah to forgive you with the intention that I'm not going to commit that same sin again. Number three, don't commit that same sin. 
for a while. If you smoke weed every day, stop smoking weed for a week or two weeks. At least try to do it. And if you fall back on it, the Lord will forgive you. But you have to try. It's all about sincerity. That's all it's about. Sincerity didn't actually be perfect. Allah says if he wanted, if this earth was perfect, it would destroy it and make another one because that's not what he wants. This movie is opening people's eyes up and it's going to separate from truth from falsehood. Truth from falsehood. Because we have to live reality. I can't work at McDonald's, but at McDonald's, I got a Burger King uh, shirt on. I got uh, chicken filet pants on. No, that's not how it goes. I have to follow the rules and protocols that be a successful employee at McDonald's. That's simple to ask yourself, right? Because there are Muslims out there that will tell you that McDonald's is halal to eat. Now, I want you to ask yourself this, right? You have an halal McDonald's. This McDonald's say halal on it. Then you have a McDonald's that don't say halal on it, right? Why is a Muslim trying to convince me that the McDonald's that don't say halal on it is cool for me to eat? But he don't direct the attention from me to eat the halal McDonald's, and that's my brother. That's the one who Allah says that if I support him, Allah will support me. You have to question the motives of that individual. Because you have halal meat markets in South Philly, in West Philly, in Germantown, in these different areas, but you have Muslims that will tell you you can go to uh, McDonald's, you can go to Chick-fil-A's, you can go to any supermarket and eat halal food because these these people are people of the book. Who told you that Ronald McDonald was a Christian? I'm like, where is this at? Where is this? Where is the the book at that says he's Christian? How is that just automatically assumed that he's a Christian? I don't understand. How is that automatically assumed that this country is people of the book? How many people you know that actually practice Christianity? Just like it's it's it's, it's unbelievable. That we have our own food. You know what? I'm glad that in the 90s you had Muslims that cared about what they eat. Because if the Muslims didn't care about what they eat in the 90s, the Bisco would have never took pork out of Oreos. And that would have been a heartbreaker for me. Trust me, because I love Oreos. And when I became a Muslim, right around the time when they took pork out of Oreos, and I said, all right, I don't got to give up Oreos. But can you imagine that? That if you have the Muslims in this time, in the 90s, they would have never took pork out of Oreos. They would have never made a halal section in, in ShopRite. They would have never opened up halal stores because, oh, you can eat anything. You don't have to eat halal. You can eat the people of the book food. What type of individuals talk like this? Think about that. Who Who is directing this speech and this behavior towards this? these, these Muslims, these new Muslims in today's age? who want to eat McDonald's, so they're going to look for any reason to eat McDonald's. They got Muslims that eat food with pork in it because they got a fatwa from a scholar that say that when the food is cooked, the pork is cooked out of it. Can you imagine that? How can pork get cooked out of food? Like, either it's pork in it or it's not. And the 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 the, the evidence they gave for that is that when you put alcohol in food and you light it on fire, like you like remember Philemon Young and you – put the uh, fire on there and it flames out, the, 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 the alcohol evaporates. This is true, but not pork. Pork don't evaporate. Pork is the essence of the food. You can't take a pig ear and burn it and burn the pork out of the pig ear. It's just not going to burn out. I don't care what temperature you have it on. It's going to always be pork ears. 
job. Most of the import, very serious, brothers and sisters. This is not a game. If you don't care about what you eat, then you do wise are not going to be answered. If you want your do wise to be, if you cared about that, see, it's all about the believers. If you really, if you really want your do wise to be answered, so you can get that raise, so you can get that brother, so you can get that sister, so you can get that car, so you can get that that house. If you want your do wise to be answered, then you're going to be very particular in what you eat. You're going to be very particular in what you eat. But if you don't care about your do wise going to be answered, then you're going to get haram money. You want to eat haram food. You want to wear. You want to. You want to do whatever it is you want to do. Paradise is surrounded by sacrifices. You have to sacrifice in order to gain paradise. You're not going to get there without sacrifices. See, in this world, they tell you that if you are a person weighing 400 pounds, you can just get the gastro bypass surgery and life is fine. This is cool, but that's not Islam. You can, there's no gastro bypass surgery in Islam where you can just do this. No, you have to really make that prayer. You can't get around making that a lot. If you don't pray, then none of your, your, your du'as will be answered anyway. And it's amazing. It really is it's amazing how many Muslims celebrate their birthdays, right? Celebrate their birthdays. They get uncovered. They go out and they party like rock stars. Yet, they say, well, you know, I'm a Muslim. I believe in Allah. How can you say this is the 25th of December, and my birthday is the is the 10th of 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 of, of January? I'm going to party on my birthday. That's what I'm going to do. You know you're going to do this. So you have a pre you have a preconceived haram date. My intention is to commit haram on that day. That's amazing, ain't it? It should never be in your knee to commit haram. It should always be some type of spirit of moment that you fell into it, they didn't mean to it, but don't have a pre-date that I'm going to commit this haram action. That's not good. Not good. The reality to it is that this movie was made from sincere intentions. The Dean of Doing movie is made because it's trying to shed a light on the religion of Islam. Is trying to set a light on what Fufu is, what it is. It's not trying to uh, make Islam look bad. We make we already look like this is was was, was funny to me, right? Someone said to me that I, I'm not going to support the Dean of Dunya movie because it has violence in it, right? Violence and murder, right? So I'm like, hold up, time out. Every Ramadan since I was 19, I've been a Muslim since I was 19, every Ramadan, all the Muslims' favorite movie to watch is The Message. The Message is the movie about the Prophet Muhammad. The Message has violence in it. You have Muslims going to war, killing Kufars. That's violence. Murder. Do I, I mean, not just one or two people. You have hundreds of people getting killed by the sword. But this is the life of the Prophet Muhammad. This is reality. There's no problem with that. But as soon as a black man make a movie about what's going on in the hood and you have violence and murder, oh, I can't support this. Person said that the Dean of Virginia movie is just like uh, state property. I said, how is that even possible when I watch state property and I never heard the name of Allah in state property. I never heard the Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu name in state property. I never heard no Quran in state property. I never heard no Hadith in state property. How is it compared to state property? 
How can you can support the Dino Virginia movie, but you can watch Empire with open homosexuality? You can watch The Wire when Omar was your favorite character, but he was a faggot. But that was your favorite character. You can support that. But when it comes to Islam, oh, I can't support that. I can't do that. I'm just, I'm too righteous to watch the Dino Maduro movie, but I can go to the movies to watch the Transformers, so I can do that. But when the movies talk about a sincere uh, uh, intention, about what's going on in the hood, how to practice true Islam, I can't do that. No, that's that's just beyond me. I'm too righteous to do that. The panel law. And the crazy part to me is that I showed a commercial. The majority thing that people had a problem with is, oh, you can't ban drugs dealers from the master. <laughs> it's like, don't get mad at me if you're knocking off kilos. I got nothing to do with that. I'm saying if I was the E-man, this is how I would pursue it. Simple. If you read the Quran, right, I believe it's Surah Toba. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala talks about um, whipping the fornicator, if I'm not mistaken. It's either Surah Toba or Surah Nur. Toba's number nine, Nur's number four. Allah is talking about whipping the fornicator. He says, if you find a man or a female guilty of fornication, then you whip them with a hundred lashes, right? In the Tafsir, Ibn Kathir, he related the hadith that when the messenger of Allah found Muslims guilty of fornication, he would give them a hundred lashes. If it's a uh, married person, he would kill them. And he would ban the fornicator from the masjid and exile for one year. From the whole community, they are banned, they're exiled. So it is definitely up to the Iman that he can exile. Like if two sisters fight at the match there, they get it on, they can be banned for a month. Who's going to stop the Iman? Who, what, what evidence do you have that you can go to the match there and fight and call each other bees and holes, but you can't be banned? What little do you have that you can fight in the match there, but when the Iman said that if you fight, you get banned? Oh, you can't ban me, but I can fight. Come on, man, let me playing games. We're playing games. This is not a game. You can't do whatever you want to do in the masjid. <clears throat> you can't say whatever you want to say. You can't go up to a Muslim sister in the masjid, start for law, sister, you can't have white chemo on, you got to leave. You can't do that. Who gave you the authority to do that? The imam is the one with the authority in the masjid. He's the one on the day of judgment that the law is going to question him about every single person making salat in that rank. Allah is going to go to that E-man and say, why you ain't stopped those Muslims from selling drugs in that neighborhood? You knew they was doing it. He's going to be questioned about that. So Allah gave him authority that if he want to ban them from the management, he can do it. Because he's going to be questioned about that. The E-man of the household is going to be questioned about his wife and his son. He's going to be questioned about every right that Allah can give him. Simple as that. It's not a game. It's not a joke. We want to we wanna play games with this dean. We want to try to mix up Islam and do our own thing so we can continue to do whatever it is we want to do. No. That's not Islam. That's not how we're going to conduct ourselves if we want to call ourselves Muslim. No one on the phone is perfect. No one said anybody is perfect. We are sinners. I might be the worst sinner out of all of you. MashaAllah. But the point is you have to be sincere and have repentance. And care, and, care, and care about what you do. When I was in a Muslim in the 90s, at least a Muslim would think twice about shooting another Muslim. They, they're not going to just do that all willy-nilly. They're not going to even do that. They don't even, when I was Muslim coming up in the 90s, 
it wasn't even right to make a Muslim say Wallahi. Like, if you know another Muslim lying, you wouldn't want him to say Wallahi. You're not going to tell him to say Wallahi when you know he's lying and you know that he's going to say it because the shaitan is in him. So we would we would have some type of some type of comfort like no I'm not gonna don't even say wallahi I leave it alone mashallah you said you ain't do it mashallah now Muslims are saying wallahi about having sex with females oh, I knocked off I know you did wallahi I did like what how you what what, what are you talking like how is this possible you are asking Allah to be a witness on you fornicating with another sister like, I'm I'm it's, it's saying wallahi and drug deals. I, I gave you ten dollars for that weed the other day. No, you did with lawyer. I gave you ten dollars. What? This is what we have. You think it's a game? It's not a game. It's not a joke. This is reality. This is what's going on. Right? This is the confusion and the ignorance that's going on in the streets of Philadelphia. This is what's going on. We got to collectively change this. But Allah will never change the condition of a people, our condition, until we change it in ourselves. This is this is the truth. But are we going to change within ourselves? Are we going to do that? That's the question. Do we want to change? That's the question. Do we want to? Do you want to change? Do you want to be a good Muslim? Honestly, think about that question. Do you really want to be a good Muslim? That's the question that I want each and every last one of us to ask ourselves tonight. Do you want to be a good Muslim? When you first became Muslim, do you remember how you felt when you first took your shahada? Do you remember when the iman entered your heart? Do you remember that? How you felt when you first became Muslim? Do you remember? Just think about this for a minute. Think about when, when you truly believed in Islam. And, up, and, and, and when I tell you when it happened, you cried. When you truly believed in Islam and the Iman entered your heart and you cried, not because you was a Muslim, because you finally realized what the truth of life is. You finally realized that. Because before you was a Muslim, you always questioned everything. But when Iman entered your heart, is nothing like it. You can't explain it. It's better than any weed you ever want to smoke in your life. It's better than any crack. You can't explain it. It'll make you cry because you can't explain why you feel this way. You feel Sakina. Peace, because you're never going to question life again. That's why when a Muslim become Muslim, they will, they say, I'll never be nothing else. Even if they don't practice Islam, they're never going to be nothing else. Because they know this is the hawk. They know that without an elf, a shadow of a doubt, they know it. Anytime you see a Muslim leave Islam, it's because they're mad at the law. Because the law may have killed their parents. Because the law may have took away their husband, so they're mad. So they take off their chemos, I'm not going to be Muslim more, I'm going to be a Christian. Because they mad with Allah, Sepanota Island. They mad with Allah. That's why they leave Islam. It's not even, they don't even leave, they're just angry. At the cut of Allah. They're angry. We have to wake up. All of us. We have to wake up. We have to realize that each and every last one of us is going to stand before Allah, Sepanah Ta'ala, on the day of judgment. And he's going to ask us about the 40 or 50 or 60 years we spent on this earth. He's going to ask us about this, this life. We have to realize that 
we're going to regret a lot of the things that we do now. We're going to regret it. A lot of the things we're going to regret it. You have Muslim sisters and Muslim brothers that's angry with their brother and sister and been angry for months now. That right there, just just say that you didn't commit any crime. Let's say that you didn't commit any any uh any any um any anything that's worth punishable by death. The fact that you have uh, anger, you're angry with your brother, and you're angry with your sister for nine months. That right there will forbid you to go to paradise. Just that right there. That right there. It is haram to be angry with a Muslim brother or sister for more than three days. So if you've been angry with that sister, you haven't been speaking to her for nine months, even if you cross the salat, right, you go through all of these trials and tribulations on the day of judgment, right? If you cross the salat, right, you cross the bridge, paradise is right there. All you got to do is step in paradise, and the law says delay these two. Why? What are I doing? What's going on? Y'all got a grudge against each other, so neither one of y'all can go in paradise until y'all solve this problem. It's not going to be easy as, oh, sister, come here, I love you now. No, 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 no. When you was on earth for 10 years, you stopped speaking to her. Why do you think it's going to be just as easy to forgive her on the day of judgment? When the Lord gave you all this time down here to forgive her, and you didn't do it. To forgive for me, you didn't do it. You didn't do it here. Why do you think you're going to do it there? You think it's a game. When you're about to cross the Sadat King, right, there's a bridge between you and paradise, and hellfire is at the bottom, right? Think about this. I want you to really visualize this, brothers and sisters. I need you to visualize this and see why it's important not to backbite and slander and talk about the Muslims, right? There are Muslims in the hellfire already before you cross. There's Muslims that don't like you. Okay, because you was backbiting them, you took their money, you slandered them, you, you whatever you did. When you're walking across the bridge, you have to concentrate to get to the other side. There's Muslims in the hellfire that's going to tell the law, oh, Allah, she backbited me, and she slandered me, bring it down here with me. <laughs> bring it down here with me. Can you imagine that? They make it do well to a law that you come down to hellfire with them because you backbited them, you slandered them. You took their money. So you forgot about all of that. They didn't forget, though. So you might be in the hellfire as a result of who you backbited and you forgot about. Can you imagine that? You totally forgot about it. But now it's too late. They already in hell, so they ain't got nothing to lose. They want you to come with them. Come on, bring them down here with me. You can't reason with them. Come on, Aki, let me go across the bridge. I mean, I'm sorry. No, 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 no. They burning. They want you to burn too. Bring them down here, Lord. He backbited me. Can you imagine that? You think now you do you really want to backbite? Do you still want to slander? You think none of these things like matter in life? They're gonna just go unpunished and un untracked. All of that's gonna to come to fruition on the day of judgment. You think it's a game? It's a joke though. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that if you support your Muslim brother, he will support you. If you support your Muslim brother or her sister, they will support you. But you don't even want to support the Muslim brother. You support the kufar. That's more pleasing to you. Yet you want the mercy of Allah. You want the rahmah of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. I've always been advocate 
as a person supporting Muslims. That's why I told Muslims to stop stopping at, stop shopping at the Islamic place on 52nd the Market because they are not Muslim. They believe in the Prophet to come after the Prophet Muhammad. That automatically takes them outside of the fold of Islam. I go to Al Manar or or, or or I go to Brother Muhammad down the street. I go to them two stores across the street from the Islamic place because they're not Muslim. So, but they got the number one Muslim business in Philadelphia. You need someone in prison to get some Quran or some book. The Islamic place send them there. It's amazing, ain't it? Ask them when you go to the Islamic place. Ask them when you go get your Eid outfit. Do y'all believe in the Prophet after the Prophet Muhammad? They're going to say yes. And you're going to be shocked like, what? I've been coming here for years giving these people my money. When they cross the street, I could be giving the Muslim my money and getting blessings for it. Some Muslims don't even care about who Muslim or who not Muslim. They're going to just support whoever got the hottest clothes, whoever got the hottest fashions. That's just the way we are. We dress how we think other people think we should dress. These products cost $300. I'm going to pay $300 for them because other Muslims think they fly. This Gucci belt costs $400. I'm going to get this Versace and Gucci belt because I might even spend my whole paycheck because, you know, Muslim sister might see it and say, oh, he got a Gucci belt. He might got money. That's the only reason why. The belt costs $400, but the rest of his clothes is less than 100 this is the, 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 the mentality that we're dealing with. If you can work eight hours a day for a whole week at McDonald's and get a $250 check and spend your whole thing on the belt, then, mashallah, you have don't, you don't know the first thing about what Islam is about. Not the first thing. We have to understand that. I'm just asking for Muslims to support Muslims. I'm just asking for Muslims to repent to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. you have to experience brotherhood, brothers and sisters, to understand what I'm saying. You have to experience it. There's nothing like it. There's nothing like brotherhood and sisterhood that we really love one another. Not not talking about, I love you, Fisi Yeah, Yet, when I'm about to get kicked out and I call you, Aki, I'm about to get kicked out, me and my family. Oh, mashallah, brother, I may do out for you. MashaAllah, brother, I make dua for you. That's not my brother. I'm telling you, I'm getting kicked out my house. Me and my family. So you don't care nothing about my wife. You don't care about my kids. You don't care that it's cold outside. I'm telling you that I'm getting kicked out, and you say, MashaAllah, I make dua for you. law. This is what we're dealing with. We're dealing with this type of mentality. That's not a person who loves you for you be that. See, it sounds good to say I love you for the pleasure of Allah. Don't that sound wonderful? I love you for the pleasure of Allah. Oh, mashallah, I love you too. But the moment you're in the jam, that love is not there. There's no I love you. That's mashallah. I may do all for you, sister. I may do all for you. Muslim sisters walking around Philadelphia, and you got people who feel as though they can play the hijab game. They can just snatch their kimars off. And that's just fine. And, you know, no consequences to that. That's okay. You can, you know. MashaAllah. But this is the time that we live in. You know, we love each other. Feast be to that. Apparently, everyone says it. 
Everyone says it, but no one actually actually practices loving each other. Fcbd left. No one actually practices that. We just don't. That's not who we are. We're people who are very selfish. Very selfish. A Muslim will drop eight hundred dollars on an iPhone in a heartbeat, but won't give a hundred dollars to a needy sister or needy brother that's in, in need of hunger. Won't do that. They won't do that. That's no. They're not going to do that because they need the new iPhone. They need the new oak. This is who we are as a community. All of us. We all. We have lost our minds. We lost our minds. The, when we get up in the morning, we don't say alhamdulillah. Oh, Allah, thank you for allowing me to wake up. We get up in the morning, we grab the phone. What messages I'm getting today? We have to change. We are slaves of our devices, our cars, our house. Something is wrong with us. If you want to be a practicing Muslim in America in 2016, I guarantee you, you're going to be alone. And you're going to find yourself by yourself many nights. It's only going to be you and Allah. That's just the way it is, brothers and sisters. I'm sorry to tell you that, but that's the truth. I'm, I'm, I'm just being honest. Because you want to have Muslim sisters and Muslim brothers that got best friends and homosexual homos. You got Muslims that uh, dating drug dealers. You got Muslims that rob people. It's like you, you, go, you can't just be around everybody because you'd be like, yo, if I hang with you, I don't know who you robbed last night. They might come back and retaliate. Now my life is in danger because I'm hanging with you. It's not a game. See, we think it's a game. We think, you know what I mean, life and death is cool. I can just die tomorrow, I'm good. But you, you, you're you not anticipating them angels in the grave. Who is your Lord? What is your religion? Who is your prophet? You think you're going to say my Lord is a law? You can't even recite the Afatiha. But you're going to say, my Lord is Allah. You can't even recite the, the Shahada. You can't say that ain't had a law. But you're going to say, my Lord is Allah? You're not going to say my religion is Islam. How? How do you want to say Islam is your religion? You didn't practice it. You're not going to say the Prophet Muhammad is your prophet that you follow. You want to hum a Jay-Z song because that's all you know. You have more songs by Jehovah in your brain than you have Quran. So how are you going to say that the prophet of Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam is my is my prophet that I follow? How how is that possible? How is that possible? Ask yourself. I want you to go to your CD selection in your phone and your MP3s. Look on there and see how many songs have you memorized and all the songs you have in your MP3 player. Then go to the Quran and see how many ayats, not even surahs, how many ayats of Quran have you memorized? Then ask yourself. When you go to your grave and them angels come to you and say, who is your Lord? What do you want to say? What's more flooding your memory bank, that Quran or those music instruments? See, we know ourselves. We know the answers to these questions. So if we want to do something about it or we not, as simple as that. It's a, it all boils down to those two things. Or you want to do something about it or you're not. That's all it comes down to. And the reality too is most of us are not going to do nothing about it. That's just, you know, that's being honest with ourselves. We're going to wake up tomorrow. We're going to say 
to the brother or the sister. You know, that was my that was a good show last night, mashallah. And we're gonna be who we are. We're gonna do what we do. That's it. Everything has to be focused on change. Yesterday can't be like today. Tomorrow can't be like it was today. It has to be different. And if it's going to be the same, then it has to be the same in righteous action. I made all my prayers yesterday. I'm going to make all my prayers today. That's how it's got to be. If it's not going to be like that, then you have to ask yourself, what am I doing? Honestly, what am I doing? I'm not saying people shouldn't be sinners. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying you have to give a damn about your sins. That you can't you can't look at them like it's a nuisance. Because the monastic is the one that look at their sins like a fly. But the believer look at their sins like a, a mountain or avalanche is about to collapse on them. They don't want to die in that particular state. We all sin. We all mess up. But when you mess up, do you care about it? You mess up, do that bother you? That's the question. Time is running out. Time is running out every day. Every day that you wake up is not another day that Allah gave you. Every day that you wake up is another day Allah took from you. And your death date is coming closer. Every day. Every day is another day going. That's like the hourglass is, the sand is running out. You say, oh, I'm living long, but you're running out of time. People get old. You will get so old that Allah says in the Quran that he's going to reverse you back to an infant when you want to lose your mind. You're so old, you have the mind of an infant. It's called Alzheimer's disease when you can't even take care of yourself. A person gets so old, right? I want you to think about this. We all know that there have been babies that just opened their front door and just walked out their house and just start walking. They don't know where they're going. They're just walking. That's what babies do because they don't know. They don't think about what the next step going to be. They just do. There are people who get Alzheimer's disease that they lose their mind. They they don't remember who you are. They don't remember who they are. They're going to open their front door and just start walking. You're going to go see grandma, but she's just not there one day. What happened to grandma? Now the whole family looking for grandma because she has Alzheimer's disease. She just don't know who she is. She can't, she can't even remember you. Even when you find her, who are you? Can't even remember you. This is what Allah says in the Quran. He reverses you back to an infant mentally. So either after all that knowledge that you acquire in your life, he returns you back to nothing. That is a dilemma that Allah is Akbar. And Allah. Well, this message will only benefit those who care about tomorrow. Those who care about becoming a good Muslim. This is this message is going to benefit for those who care about that. That's just the reality to pray to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that he make me and all of us those good Muslims who are the example for the people of the community. Allahumma ameen. I pray to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that he make hellfire haram for us. And he give us the ability to answer the questions in the grave. I mean, I pray to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that he allow us to have love, genuine love, for the pleasure of Allah in our hearts, for our brothers and our sisters. 
and he allow us to never to stop backbiting our brothers and slandering our sisters. Allahumma amin. This is very serious, and I pray to Allah Subhanahu that he give us the wisdom and ability to raise our children upon haq and truth and install Islam into them and bless our children to be the next scholars and the next ulama of this particular time. Allahumma amin. This is this is this is serious, brothers and sisters. This is very serious. I'm looking on Facebook today, and there's this non-Muslim who posted this video of these Muslim sisters fighting in the bathroom, right? Then the Muslim took the same video and reposted it. That's not cool. Why would we want to post Muslim sisters fighting? I don't want to post that. I don't want to. I don't even want to see that. Cause it's like how you just beat up your Muslim sister with no regard for this, no tukwa. That's not who we are. We don't promote that. We don't share that. We try to hide our sister faults. We try to hide. See, same time is so devilish that when a Muslim is doing something bad on Facebook, there's a little button that says, "Say share." He wants you to share it. So as soon as you share that, now you're joining in the sin of slander and backbiting. And spreading gossip. That's what you're doing. So when you hit share, now you share with the whole world. You see how easy it is now to slander someone? Spreading rumors. It's as simple as it's easy as putting the share button now. It's amazing. We live in a terrible times when it's easy to get sense. Look on see how many people shared that that particular thing. Fourteen thousand. So you got 14,000 sins just because you hit share, because you are exposing your sister. So the moment you put share, you got 14,000 sins because that's how many people share that. Think about that. That's very scary. You think it's a game. It's not a game. This is not a game. This is the dean of Islam. We have to return back to the hawk. I ordered some books and they came today, and some yesterday, and some will be coming next week. I advise you to stop uh, going on the internet and the computer and go back to old fashioned, start reading books. It sounds corny, but trust me, the Prophet and the Muslim have been doing it for 1,400 years. Follow the sunnah. There are certain books that I want you to order online, or you can go to the bookstore and get them, inshallah. Number one, it's going to be about five or six books. So I'm going to give you some time to get a pencil and write them down, inshallah. This is like your new shahada starter kit. This is like back to Islam starter kit so you can get an idea of what Allah is asking for you as a Muslim, what he's asking from you as a Muslim, as a believer. So, So you can be crystal clear about what it is you should get. So I want you to get about six books, inshallah. The first book that I want you to get is called Akida Tahawiyah. Akida Tahawiyah. You can download that on the computer, but I advise you to go get the book from the bookstore. This book is a, is a lime green book. If it's not lime green, don't get it. It's a lime green thin book. It's got about maybe 10 pages in it. 
These two pages got 125 things of what Muslims are supposed to believe, and all of the scholars of Akram Sunnah and Jama'ah agreed upon these things that we believe. Like, for an example, in these 105 points that they got, one of the points is that we don't believe in prophets after the Prophet Muhammad. Anyone who believes that a prophet comes after the Prophet Muhammad is a heretic, is a disbeliever. They should the fold of Islam. So that's how it's a proof that the, the Islamic place are not Muslims because they believe in prophets after the Prophet Muhammad. So it's called the Aqidah Tahawi. It's A Q. Uh, I-D-A or A-Q-E-E-D-A Tahawiya T-A-H-A H Oh, I'm sorry T-A-H-A W-I-Y-Y A-H So it's A-Q-I-D-A T-A-H-A W-I-Y-Y A-H Akira Tahawiya The third book no, that's the first book. The second book that you should get is um, Notions That Must Be Corrected. Notions That Must Be Corrected by um, Alameen al-Maliki. Muhammad Alameen al-Maliki. Muhammad Alameen al-Maliki. It's called Notions That Must Be Corrected. You can order that book on Amazon. Notions That Must Be Corrected. The third book that I recommend that you get is called Handbook on Islam. That's very easy. Handbook on Islam by Sheikh Uthman and Fodio. It's a green book. Dark green. It's money green with like gold trimming. So if you see it, then you, you know exactly what it is. It's a hardback book. It's Handbook on Islam. That's like a uh, it's like a, um, a, Jewish, a Jewish prudence book. Handbook on Islam by Sheikh Uthman and Fodio. Uh, Uthman is um, U-T-H- M A N D A N Fodio F O D O F O D I O Fodio. So Sheikh Uthman and Fodio. So it was Akita Tahawi, um, Notions That Must Be Corrected, Handbook on Islam by Sheikh Uthman and Fodio. Number four book that I want you to get that I recommend that you should get is called, um, I got it right here in front of me. Let me get it. Make sure I see the name correctly. This book is called Islamic Beliefs and Doctrine. According to, hold on, according to Akwasuna, a repudiation of the the uh, the uh, of of the Wahhabi innovations. It's called Islamic Belief and Doctrine. According to Akwasuna, Volume One. By Sheikh Mohammed Hisham Kabani. Sheikh Mohammed Hisham Kabani. That's uh, Mohammed, then it's Hisham, H I S H A M Kabani. K A B B A N I. Islamic beliefs and doctrine according to Volume 1. It's seven volumes of this particular uh, encyclopedia, but it's called, uh, this is Volume 1. It's called, it talks about beliefs. That's four books, right? This book that I recommend that you get is um good justice if you get all four volumes. It's forty volumes, but it comes in four books and it's forty volumes. It's called Ikya Lumadin. I H Y A Ikya Lumadin U L U M I D D I N. 
Iki Alumadine by Sheikh Muhammad Al Ghazali. Sheikh Muhammad Al Ghazali. It's 40 volumes, but it comes in four thick books. I paid $50 for mine. A Muslim. This book is for those of you who are intellectual. Like, if you love deep knowledge, this book is for you. But the rest of the books is for, you know, <coughs> beginners that want to. And if you don't like to read, there's nothing I can tell you. Like, Excellent Allah to bless you with the, uh, the fortitude and the, um, the desire to love to read. Other than that, then this, these books are not going to be for you because they're thick books and you have to really read them. And some you got to read more than once. You know? Some you got to read more than once. But they very good books. Very good books to start off with, inshallah. When I give shows from this point on, I'm going to give you books and I'm going to give you uh, YouTube channels to watch. Tonight, there's two YouTube channels that I want you to watch. Uh, one of them is um, Ibrahim OCFAT, right? Ibrahim is I-B-R-A-H-A-M. Ibrahim, I-B-R-A-H-A-M, Ibrahim, O-C-O-S-I-F-A-T, E-F-A, Ibrahim O-C-F-A-T. Go to his YouTube channel, watch all of his videos. He's an amazing speaker, an amazing speaker. Amazing, simply amazing. That if you if you listen to his his classes, he's he's. I'm telling you, you love Islam, then you will love his classes. Mashallah. You lo- you love Islam, then you will love his classes because he speaks about everything, everything. He's he has a lot of channels on YouTube. The next channel that uh that I'm going to recommend. And this, Quran, like, if you want to, if you're a person that want to know uh, Tafsir of Quran, all right, this brother that I want to recommend to you tonight is in my lifetime, right? That, that's not saying a lot, but in my lifetime, he is the best person to explain Tafsir of Quran in English. In English, I mean, his Tafsir of Quran is phenomenal. That's like they phenomenal. When I say that they phenomenal, they phenomenal. His tapestries are Quran, and he has a uh, he has an app that you can actually download if you got an iPhone or Android. He's phenomenal when it comes to giving tapestries of Quran, inshallah. So I want you to, uh, to 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 look him up. I'm trying to get him down, inshallah, so I can give you his name, how he spell it. Because he spelled his name, um, not coming up. I just stumbled upon his uh, his name is Newman Ali Khan. That's his name, Newman Ali Khan. If those of you can type in N O. He got a Facebook, he got a YouTube, you can download his iPhone, Android, iPhone, Quran. He's had from Allah. He has a from Allah that he can explain Quran in a wonderful tone. Wonderful. So those two speakers that I, I, I uh, suggest that you 
try to look up and try to uh, learn. Now, so the Dino Badunga movie will be out March 10th at the Pearl Theater. Uh, simultaneously in that month, we're going to um, upload it to Amazon, um, Instant Video, and, and, and iTunes, inshallah. Um, we're going to try to put it on Netflix, but we're going to do that later, inshallah. But we're going to try to put it on there, too. Um, when it go up on Amazon, you can buy it for fifteen ninety nine, or you can rent it for $5. It's up to you. Um, iTunes, I'm not sure how that's going to work. I haven't really gotten involved in that. But it's going to be on Amazon and iTunes after it comes out in the theaters, inshallah. We're going to try to put it out in the theaters in Chicago and New York and in Philly. We're going to try to put it in Jersey, and um, we're going to try to put it in the U.K. we got some brothers over there that want me to send it over there. So, inshallah, um, support the movement. Inshallah, uh, may Allah bless all of you for tuning in to the Dino Vodunia Show. May he bless any of your family members that are sick in the hospital. May he bless them with good health. Any of you that's going through a uh, trial and tribulation, death in your family, may Allah make it easier on you. And if the Muslims who die, may Allah make the make grave patients before the eye can see and forgive them of their sins. Inshallah. Allahumma salli ala Sayyidina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sabihi wa salam. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.